This is Front Page. We here at Front Page, we do our best to dig out the truth and bring it to you. Hello, all you freedom-loving people. Welcome to Front Page Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Cameron Goulet. House Republicans voted today on their choice of a third candidate for speaker. The UAW strike has now made progress that it hasn't made in the past, but union leaders are still not satisfied and they are further expanding the strike. There are some union demands that seem unrealistic, even to union members. Of course, it's acceptable to make excessive demands as a negotiating tactic, but it's up to leaders to make the right decisions about when to make right concessions. Compatibility and appropriate concessions are sometimes necessary. A Michigan businessman dropped out of the presidential race in favor of President Trump. President Trump has even won the support of certain BLM leaders as well. However, there are some sensitive issues with this story that we can only report on the Ganjing World platform. Several mainstream media outlets are reporting that President Trump leaked state secrets to foreign celebrities, so what really is the truth? Lifted from the gag order, President Trump immediately began criticizing Jack Smith. Okay, let's get into it. After House Republican leader Steve Scalise and senior Republican Jim Jordan both dropped out of the speaker's race, nine Republicans indicated their willingness to run for speaker in the third round. One of the nine candidates includes House Majority Whip Tom Emmer, who is an ally of former Speaker Kevin McCarthy. So far, he appears to be the frontrunner among the nine. Emmer previously backed Kevin McCarthy during the resignation motion, and he supported Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan as Speaker nominees. He has the advantage of having already won election to the caucus as Majority Whip, and he has the endorsement of former Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Representative Byron Donalds of Florida also has a decent base of support. Representative Chip Roy has endorsed Donalds for Speaker of the House. Roy and Donalds are members of the conservative House Freedom Caucus, where Roy serves as the policy chair. Donalds also has the support of moderate Florida representatives Carlos Jimerez and Mario Diaz-Ballard. In addition, Donalds has stated that he would release all of the entire January 6th Capitol breach security footage. Some of the tapes have been released by Fox News when Tucker Carlson was still a host back in March. Since March, McCarthy has not released any more footage. A segment of Republicans believe that the January 6th security tapes should be released in their entirety in order to let the public make their own decision. But there are some conservatives, including some House Republicans, who have criticized the Biden administration's treatment of the January 6th suspects, so they have concerns about releasing the footage to the public. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene wrote in September, I called for releasing the tapes and stopped doing so when it was explained to me that groups like sedition hunters would use facial recognition software to go after some more vulnerable people. The remaining candidates include Representative Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma, Representative Jack Bergman of Michigan, Representative Gary Palmer of Alabama, Representative Pete Sessions of Texas, Representative Mike Johnson of Louisiana, Representative Austin Scott of Georgia, and Representative Dan Muser of Pennsylvania. Speaker pro tempore Patrick McHenry asked Republicans to return to Washington on Monday for a 6.30 p.m. candidate forum for Speaker. One hour after the forum started, Muser of Pennsylvania dropped out. So 
there were eight GOP candidates remaining. Voting on the speaker race took place today. The fact that House Republicans have not been able to agree on a House speaker for so long makes one thing pretty clear. In fact, politicians are ordinary people, each with their own strengths and weaknesses. If we demand perfection in everything, then we will have no one to turn to. When choosing a leader, we need to look at the big picture, such as his philosophy, whether his policies are in the right direction, and whether he is able to stick to the right approach. But we do not need to be too critical of the small details, such as his style of doing things, his temperament, and so on. The UAW announced on Monday that the strike against Detroit's big three automakers will continue to expand. A strike has also begun at the assembly plant of Stellantis Automotive Group, which is the largest truck manufacturer in the United States. The truck manufacturing plant located in Sterling Heights, Michigan, is Stellantis' most profitable plant in the United States. The additional strike involves about 6,800 workers from the auto union. This brought the total number of strikers to over 40,000, and it has led to the temporary dismissal of thousands of workers. The UAW said in a press release on Monday, currently Stellantis has the worst proposal on the table regarding wage progression, temporary work pay and conversion to full-time, cost of living adjustments and more. UAW President Sean Fain said outside the plant on the same day that it's time to amp up the pressure and shop the Sterling Heights auto plant just seemed like the proper target at this time. The strike was not announced beforehand. Stellantis executives said they were outraged by the strike in Sterling Heights. The company said that a new improved offer was made by Stellantis on Thursday, which included 23% wage increases, a nearly 50% increase in company contributions to retirement plans, and other enhanced benefits. Stellantis said, following multiple conversations that appeared to be productive, we left the bargaining table expecting a counter-proposal, but have been waiting for one ever since. The company said that the strike will have long-lasting consequences, including loss of domestic market share to non-union competition, company profits, and profit-sharing bonuses for UAW members. The UAW has been on strike for five weeks now, and UAW leader Sean Fain has made a series of what even he considers audacious demands for increased pay and benefits. As the strike continues, however, analysts and even some striking workers are beginning to ask a key question. Does Fain have an endgame to bring the strikes to a close? Fain's personal friends praised his bluntly straightforward manner at the negotiating table, but others worry that Fain has overly high expectations for the pay and benefits that he hopes to eventually receive. By being too aggressive, Fain has also made it difficult to expand the UAW's membership to non-union competitors such as Tesla and Toyota USA, which is a direction that the union has been pushing for. However, Fain has so far achieved a number of measurable successes. The companies have offered to raise pay increases from single digits to 23% over four years to restore cost of living pay increases and to end lower wage tiers for many workers. 
Harley Shaken, a professor emeritus who specializes in labor at the University of California, Berkeley, said that Fain has gotten far more from the companies than anyone, in particular the companies, may have expected. But now is the critical point where you pull the package together. If it isn't now, when will it be? Some auto executives have accused Fain of putting on a show and not engaging in serious negotiations. In addition to the UAW's demands for a 36% general pay raise and increased retirement benefits, Fain has even gone so far as to demand a 32-hour work week at a 40-hour paycheck, which is a demand that even many unionized workers find unrealistic. Don Krunzel, a team leader at Stellantis Jeep Complex in Toledo, Ohio, said, I'm hoping Fain is smart enough to say, enough is enough, you never get everything you want. Republican presidential candidate Perry Johnson has decided to drop out of the presidential race and he has decided to endorse President Trump instead. Johnson stopped his campaign last Friday. On Monday, he announced his support for President Trump. He made a statement on X that President Trump is the only one who could beat incumbent President Biden in the general election. He wrote, Having suspended my campaign, I am officially endorsing Donald Trump for President of the United States. We must beat Joe Biden to save this country, and Donald Trump is the only candidate who can do it. I supported President Trump in 2016 and 2020, and am proud to offer him my full endorsement once again as he seeks the Republican nomination for President in 2024. Johnson announced his candidacy in March but he has been un unable to garner enough support to qualify for the first two Republican National Committee presidential debates. He is unlikely to make it to the third Republican presidential debate given the higher donor standards and the polling requirements. In a statement announcing the end of his presidential campaign last Friday, Johnson denounced the Republican National Committee, the RNC, for its corruption. Johnson said, I must admit the corruption among leaders at the RNC during this process was appalling. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The people should decide the next president of the United States, not the head of the RNC and her cronies. So far, Johnson is the third Republican primary candidate to suspend or to end his campaign. Miami Mayor Francis Suarez suspended his campaign in August, and former Texas Congressman Will Hurd announced his withdrawal earlier in October. CNN, NBC, The New York Times, and other mainstream media outlets have published articles claiming that Australian billionaire Anthony Pratt is attempting to build a close relationship with President Trump, especially after he became a member of the Mar-a-Lago Club. In a private comment that Pratt recorded, apparently there was a segment reminiscing about what then 45th President of the United States Donald Trump said to him in 2019. The comment was aired on the October 22nd episode of 60 Minutes Australia. During one of their conversations, apparently Pratt said that Australia should buy submarines from the United States. Allegedly, President Trump gave two pieces of information about the U.S. nuclear capabilities. Allegedly, he divulged the number of the warheads that the U.S. nuclear submarines typically carry 
and their ability to get very close to Russian submarines without being detected. However, President Trump refuted these reports on his Truth Social account. President Trump stated, I never spoke to him about submarines, but I did speak to him about creating jobs in Ohio and Pennsylvania because that's what I'm all about. Jobs, a great economy, low taxes, no inflation, energy dominance, strong borders, no endless wars, low interest rates, and much more. Pratt also claimed that President Trump also divulged some of the details of his private calls with heads of state of Iraq and Ukraine. For example, Pratt claims President Trump told him in 2019 of ordering an airstrike on Iranian-linked militants in Iraq before it hit the headlines, and he said that Iraq's president had called him to complain. Pratt says that President Trump responded to him by saying, I said to him, meaning Iraq's leader, okay, what are you going to do about it? Another thing that Pratt claims is that in September of 2019, President Trump spoke with Ukrainian President Zelensky. At that time, President Trump allegedly asked Zelensky to launch a corruption investigation into the Biden family in order to help him win the 2020 U.S. presidential election. According to Pratt, President Trump said, you know that Ukraine phone call, that was nothing compared to what I usually do. A Trump spokesperson said that the tapes lack proper context, not to mention the possibility of being fake. President Trump said in a statement to the New York Times earlier on Sunday that Pratt is from a friendly country in Australia, one of our great allies. I don't know him well, but he seems like a nice person. He built a factory in Ohio and created American jobs. In his post on True Social, President Trump has described Anthony Pratt as one of Australia's richest men and a red-haired weirdo. President Trump described the New York Times story as false. President Trump also said in a post the failing New York Times story about a red-haired weirdo from Australia named Anthony Pratt is fake news. President Trump says that the New York Times staff never called him for a comment. Why they can write whatever they want, it doesn't matter to them if it's correct or not. That's why we call it fake news. President Trump also said that the report was leaked by special counsel Jack Smith and by the DOJ as fake news. Days after federal judge Tanya Chutkin temporarily lifted her gag order, President Trump criticized special counsel Jack Smith on social media. President Trump criticized Smith on True Social as being deranged. And President Trump said that Smith's team leaked a story to the New York Times about an Australian businessman, Anthony Pratt. Jack Smith's team claimed that President Trump told classified secrets to Pratt. However, President Trump denied those reports. President Trump wrote, With this in mind, there's no way I can get a fair trial on a Biden election interference indictment in D.C., obviously at the appropriate time, if this ridiculous case should be allowed to proceed forward, which is, according to legal scholars, very doubtful, I will be making a demand for a venue change. This wasn't the first time that a judge issued a gag order targeting President Trump. 
New York Judge Arthur Engeron also issued a partial gag order that blocks personal criticism of courtroom personnel. On Friday, President Trump was fined $5,000 by the New York judge after a post about his clerk reportedly stayed up on his campaign website for several weeks. This was despite President Trump deleted the post from social media. In the meantime, the campaign team confirmed that President Trump will hold a rally in Florida as counter-programming to the third Republican presidential primary debate. President Trump once again is choosing to skip the debate. President Trump competed with the first debate with a pre-recorded interview with Tucker Carlson that was posted that night on X. He also spent the second debate night in Battleground, Michigan, winning over auto workers by rallying against Joe Biden's push for electric vehicles. And now the campaign stated that President Trump's rally will be on November 8th at a stadium in Hialeah, Florida. Okay, this is our podcast for today. Thank you again for listening to Front Page Podcast. For more exclusive in-depth content, please go to frontpageshow.com.